Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. To pass. Sets it as 35. Fires down got the it. right sideline. Harrison got it inside the 20. Harrison all the way to the house for Ohio State. Marvin Harrison catches the pass from C.J. Stroud. Johnson wide to the right to the 40. Johnson hits the 50-yard line. He's at the Indiana 40. Cuts back to the middle behind blockers to the 30. Johnson weaves his way to the 20 of Indiana. Behind blockers to the 10 and into the end zone goes Xavier Johnson. 71 yards to the house. Man, I'm sure Paul wouldn't mind saying that a couple more times. (laughs) Paul Keels, play-by-play voice of Ohio State football with us now at Paul Keels on Twitter. Paul, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, good, man. You know, I just, I love having you on just to hear your voice. Like, it's kind of (laughs) weird to say, and I know that sounds weird, but like, you just have such an iconic play-by-play voice. It's good to hear from you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys saying that. Hey, you know, we talked about this on the show yesterday, and, you know, I'm kind of curious about the feelings out there at The Ohio State University. Are you at all concerned that Kyle McCord hasn't secured the job yet? Not overly. It was kind of anticipated that this would be a pretty close battle, but there's a lot of unknowns. Kyle McCord is a known. He's played in a number of games. He actually has a start. Uh, we've been able to see more of him in game situations. Uh, also, you know, another X factor is he was a high school teammate of Marvin Harrison. Now, Devin Brown came in with a lot of great credentials from high school. People really liked the potential of what he could do. He only played in two games last year, and he didn't attempt to pass. And as far as the stuff that was open for us media people able to watch, uh, it, it's been hard to get any real definitive feeling about it. Plus, add the fact that he did not play in the spring game because of a finger injury. So. I think there's not really a a concern that Kyle McCord hasn't done it. More than anything, it probably gives you the idea that, you know, Devin Brown has really impressed people. But but we're guessing. We don't know. Paul, are you still kind of under the assumption that it will be Kyler McCord at least to start the year because uh, he does have that little bit of experience you were talking about? Or do you still feel like it's truly up in the air? I feel like it's truly up in the air. Now, that experience could be a determining factor. And, you know, here's the other part that goes into play just when you're speculating about it. You know, when you think about playing Indiana, you think about playing Youngstown State and Western Kentucky in the first three games, it's kind of safe to think that they both were going to play anyway. Mm -hmm. So the question is going to be who's going to be the first one to take a snap to run the first series. Uh, So, But, again, it's been the most popular question around here, but there's no answer to it at this point. Paul, do you think – Do you think Ryan Day embraces the fact that people around the college football, or at least in the Big Ten, would count him second behind Jim Harbaugh in regards to, like, if we were starting a team from scratch, who would you want to be your coach? People right now are leaning Harbaugh, but then you look at Day's stats and you're like, wait a second, he's only had, like, six losses in his entire career coaching in Ohio State. Um, And and do you think that uh, because he, he kind of, embraces that underdog mentality, it it puts Ohio State in a good position every year to be successful. Well, I don't know if I'd say he embraces the underdog mentality. And, and, you know, certainly coaches don't worry about what other people think about them in relation to other coaches. But, you know, to kind of answer your question, it burns with him that they've lost to Michigan two years in a row, that they lost to Georgia in the playoffs, and the way they lost by giving up big plays when seemingly they had improved on some things. So it's a motivating factor. I, you know, probably push come to shove. 
Ryan Day would tell you it's understandable why people are looking at Michigan as the favorite to win the Big Ten again because they've done it the last two years. Um, you know, that that is a game that really affects people's lives around here, especially when it doesn't go well. And, you know, coupled with the fact that for seven years prior to that, Ohio State dominated the series. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of been their rallying cry. They know that they let things get away, that, you know, one play away from playing for a national championship game, things go different in the Georgia game, and being beaten by Michigan in Columbus the way they were. So it, it certainly is something that motivates them. And this year's, this year's schedule presents a major challenge for Ohio State because if you look at the – the win total that they're given, it's 10.5, which is right on point with the Michigan of the world. But then you look at who Ohio State actually has to play, right? You play Notre Dame, who's a ranked team to start the year, Penn State, who's in the top 10. Then you go on and play Wisconsin, who's a ranked team to start the year, Michigan to close the year. I mean, this is a daunting schedule for a newly led, and I say newly led based on what I mean by quarterback, a team at Ohio State. Well, when you you think about going on the road to South Bend, going on the road to Madison, and then going on the road to Ann Arbor, uh, those are dangerous opportunities. Uh, You know, not to mention opening the season on the road against the conference opponent in Indiana. So uh, it is, from a football team standpoint, they're focused on week one. And you hear coaches say that all of the time. But they know that whatever they do this summer as far as getting the right attitude, the right toughness, it's going to be the kind of things that have to prepare them to go into those places like South Bend and Madison and Ann Arbor and have a chance to win. Paul, I'm curious. Obviously, the quarterback spot gets a lot of the attention, but another question on offense for Ohio State is that offensive line where they're replacing three starters that went on to be NFL draft picks at tackle and at center uh, where do you think the offensive line is and how much of a question mark is it for Ohio State going into this year? That's probably the second biggest question outside of the quarterback. Now, from what we hear from summer practice, they like how guys have competed for that. They brought in a, a transfer from San Diego State, Josh Simmons, who's played a lot of football. So they feel as though they've got some guys there that have created a great competitive atmosphere to push one another forward to play well. The other thing that ties into that, there's a really good feeling about what they have at running back. They've got four guys that at various times last year produced at a high level, and a fifth that's a very talented guy coming back off of injury. So there's the hope that the talented running back and you know the, 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 the feeling that this offensive line will get some traction, that those are the kind of things, as well as the talented receiver group, that will help whoever the quarterback is get settled into things. Paul, and, you know, flip to the defensive side for me because whenever somebody talks about Ohio State, it's normally they're talking about the high-powered offense the Buckeyes bring. And it's not like there isn't talent on the defensive side of the ball, but if you look at just the past two drafts, 10 Buckeyes were taken in the first round. Um, or Not first round, 10 Buckeyes, um, excuse me. Offensive players were selected, and just two were taken on the defensive side of the ball. But as you look at the defense this season, are they rock steady? Do you think that this is going to be another really good Ohio State defense like we saw last year, which was 13th in the nation in total defense, 24th in scoring defense, and on and on and on and on? Well, there's a lot of reason to be encouraged about what they can do, given the fact that they've got the experience coming back and, and some crucial additions, especially in the back end with a couple of transfers and Jihad Carter from Syracuse and Davison and Igbenosan at Ole Miss. But really what it's going to come down to is limiting those explosive plays, which for the most part they did a very good job last year up until the last two games. Those were what cost them those games. 
this defense has playmakers at linebacker. They've got depth at the defensive line and players on the back end that have played a lot of football. But it's going to come down to can they make the plays when they really need to at a crucial point in time. It's the second year with Jim Knowles as a defensive coordinator. Hopefully there's some familiarity from coach to player and vice versa. It also sounds as though maybe they've simplified the things a little bit and not given them too much to have to noodle on. So there's there's a lot of reason to be encouraged that this defense could play at a high level, but can they do it against the best competition? That's what we're all anxious to see. Paul, if this team is able to get back over the hump against Michigan and make another college football playoff and, and perhaps get over the hump there as well, what to you is the biggest wild card that will have to work out in order for that to happen? Probably what we were just talking about defensively. If they're able to, you know, limit big plays, if they're able to force turnovers, if they're able to really kind of shackle opposing offenses and, you know, box them in in certain situations, that's because there is a feeling that regardless of who the quarterback's going to be, that it's an offense that has some weapons, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, Marvin Harrison, the receivers, or, or the group of running backs. But defensively, if they can take the steps in the big games, that would be kind of the X factor to take this team to that level. Paul, who are um, some key transfers this season for Ohio State or maybe a guy to watch out for that did transfer in? And then who would you say is somebody that Ohio State lost that may emerge with a different team across college football? Well, as far as who they lost, C.J. Stroud (laughs) to the NFL. That's going to be the biggest difference. As far as the transfers, and we kind of mentioned some of them, Josh Simmons on the offensive line at at tackle is a guy that really is going to be a big part of that. Uh, Taiwan Mullen, a defensive lineman that came from Ole Miss. And here's a guy that when he was at Ole Miss, he played both football and baseball. He's now focusing on just football. And he's a guy that that was recruited by Ohio State out of high school. So, you know, he's kind of been someone that's been on their radar quite a bit. But the two guys in the secondary that we mentioned, Davis and Igbenosan at corner and Jihad Carter at safety, if those guys can help tighten up the back end of the defense, those are two guys that can really have a big influence on what happens. Paul, I'm curious on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Ohio State had a really great run of having the Bosa's and Chase Young on that defensive line as really disruptive players. Is there anybody in that defensive line group this year that has some serious disruptive potential to kind of aid in what you were talking about, about being a big playmaking defense? There's a couple of guys to keep an eye on, and and both of them are defensive ends. And both of them have flashed and had big moments at times, but what this coaching staff is looking for from them is consistency. Jack Sawyer at one defensive end, he's a young man that – he's a local kid from the Columbus area, and he did not play his senior year of high school football just to be ready for for college and kind of seemingly has caught up now. They were using him a little bit in a hybrid position last year. He settled in more on defensive end. He's a guy that could be a disruptor. And Jalen Tuimolo, another defensive end who just had a career in one game last year against Penn State. He had a couple of touchdowns, a pick six. He had multiple sacks. But consistency is what they're looking for from both Jalen Tuimolo and Jack Sawyer. Those are guys that, you know, hopefully, and everybody's kind of eyeballing them to see if they could play at the level of Chase Young and the Bosa brothers. Paul, quickly here, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up. What do you, what do you guys think of Ted Carter or acquiring Ted Carter over there at Ohio, at Ohio State? Uh, uh, maybe you can fill it in. We're just trying to figure that out. It just came out yesterday, so who knows? He is, uh, he's a good gift for you guys. Um, I think uh, he'll, he'll do wonders for your program. Thanks for the time. My pleasure, guys. Take care. 
All right, when we come back, we will change gears and talk to Cynthia Freeland, NFL analytics expert at C. Freeland on Twitter. That was Paul Keels, play-by-play voice of Ohio State uh, at Paul Keels on Twitter. All right, NFL talk when we come back here on Coffee and Cream.